0: what is up everybody we are talking future sec schedules there's some change in the works clint oklahoma texas Hmm. they coming to the sec a little bit sooner than the big 12 had hoped for but they coming They lost that one which means there's a new schedule coming down the pipe divisions are gone and something new is on the horizon we're going to talk about what we think that's going to be and we're going to talk about the pros and cons of it all of that today on the Locked On bulldogs podcast you are locked on bulldogs your daily podcast on the georgia bulldogs part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is Locked On Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast we're your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Post the job. Find the employee that you need for your job right now mm. at LinkedIn. More on them in a moment. Uh, we are talking SEC schedule and 2024 being a massive, massive change within the football landscape. Many of you are not prepared for it. Um, this just in. Oh, yeah, there's an expansion as well on the horizon, which means Georgia and Kirby Smart will always be in there every year. Shame on Playoff you. you. Playoff expansion. Playoff expansion, yes, yes, that's yes right. not, not as well as SEC expansion. Playoff that's expansion right. and SEC expansion. 2024 is coming. We're going to talk three things today. We're going to talk about what we like or maybe don't like about the 3-6 rotation that is proposed or maybe some other alternatives. Uh, We're going to talk about who those three likely teams are that will be playing every single year. The rivalry games in the SEC, since there will not be uh, different divisions. There will be the SEC, uh, East Mm -hmm. and West, gone. And then uh, maybe some downside. What are some fallout ramifications from it? Mm-hmm. Uh and so Daniel, let's let's start there. The proposed or they're not even proposed, it's all conjecture at this point. There's we, it's just
0: wild speculation. We just out here wilding,
1: y'all. Nobody has a single clue. Sankey ain't gonna tell nobody what he's up to. Okay. No. He, he don't care. He's the most powerful man in
0: college football. So that's right. He owns college football.
1: He's just gonna do his thing, and we are going to wait until he decides.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Sankey, most powerful man in college football. Kirby Smart, second most powerful man in college football. Nick Saban, former most powerful man in college football. So that's how it works, in case you were wondering how the pecking order goes. Um,
1: I understand the pecking order. I don't think college football fans don't. They they don't, Daniel. They don't. They don't. They do not. So let's talk about what's being leaked, what's being supposed. There's a possibility of... A 3-6 rotation, meaning within the SEC, you mm-hmm. will play three permanent teams on a you yearly annual- Nine list.
0: conference games to start with. That's, nine the first, conference- that's the first change. Instead of eight, we go to nine conference games. Nine yep.
1: conference. So that means one of the non-cons that you had scheduled throughout the year, mm-hmm. gone out the window, you go- Cheegone. You go to nine total, three of which will be a permanent ro- uh, rotation each year of home and away between you and another team. That's right. Three of them. And then six would be rotation between you and six other schools within the SEC that are at large bids that the SEC was scheduled uh, beforehand. Again, no East, no West. Don't have to worry about that in 2024. That's the proposed, and it seems like the one gaining the most traction, if we're going to be honest, Daniel. There's it a possibility seems- of a 2-7 of a but that seems less likely to me than a yep. 36 and there's this conversation I, this is more like a fan generated thing the pods we've
0: right? to, we've heard about the pods the pods had a lot of momentum early on yes. the ford the four pod system had a lot of momentum early on really seems to have waned once you start to break down the pods i it, think these it doesn't stand the test of time you know the 37 creates the most balance or the the two seven really creates the most balance you you can't get rid of all permanent rivalries because if georgia doesn't play florida one year the world will end and so you can't get rid of all these permanent rivalries you got to keep some of them but then as an sec what you're looking to do is really maintain competitive balance and fairness since everyone's not going to play everyone you're not going to have division champions presumably you're then going to be left with the teams with the two best records at the end of the season playing in the SEC championship game. But those teams will have played unbalanced schedules. Not every team from the former SEC East will have played every team from the former SEC East and so on and so forth. And so you could end up, you know, with, you know, some unbalanced schedules. And so in order to try to maintain as much competitive fairness as possible that's the the two seven or the three six format seems to be what it is. I'm in favor, even if schedules are a bit unbalanced from year to year. I'm in favor of more permanent games. I'm in favor of the three permanent games and the six rotational games, because I just think that's what college football is built on. Those permanent rivalries, those play them every year. Can't go without them. Never want to see a year go by where you don't play such and such team. Um, I think the SEC is filled with those games, and it would just be a shame to lose any of them. And so uh, there's going to be some casualties to this. But I think by and large, the pods is out. Pods uh, is gone, And this seems to be the way forward. It's an odd It's kind of an odd way of scheduling. No other conference is doing something like this. But I think as you see conferences get bigger and bigger, Mm -hmm. this seems to be the way forward. And so um, it's interesting to think about and to sort of go through some projections and look at what a potential season for Georgia could look like under some of these scenarios. And I guess that's what we'll... Talk about in the second segment what we think the three most likely teams will be to play every year, but it could present some really interesting scenarios moving forward for Georgia.
1: Yeah, and the unbalanced schedule means this Georgia's natural competition and who will get into you go to like maybe an old miss who has Mississippi States um, that. That year in, year out, Mississippi State is going to have some highs and some lows, or Ole Miss is going to have some highs and some lows, but they're not a blue blood program that's going to always be there. Where Georgia might be facing some tougher, stiffer competition of those natural rivalries. Uh, a team like Kentucky uh, or Vanderbilt, you know, Kentucky and Vanderbilt seem to me to be on a collision course to have the same game every single year as each other. That that seems very it's not
0: a rivalry. They're just left.
1: They're just left that's, over. That's what I mean. It. it yeah, nobody cares. I'm just sorry, wait,
0: are we talking about Kentucky's football team or are we talking about Kentucky's basketball team that's just the leftovers?
1: No, they, well, they got left. They got left by Roberts and Mike White and the Georgia basketball team as they no, ran over them for a so huge win. So it's
0: almost as if it's just like football, is Just what you're saying. the same. Oh, I say, mm, Interesting. Just the same, that, how that works. Uh,
1: we're going to come back after this. And like we said, we're going to talk about the three likeliest teams that Georgia has to schedule on a permanent basis within the SEC. But first, one, let us know about LinkedIn. Yeah, we do. Right now, LinkedIn is hiring the jobs that you need for your business. a small hmm. business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out locked in jobs or locked.
0: LinkedIn. I'm sorry. Say it again.
1: We're we're locked on LinkedIn jobs. With LinkedIn LinkedIn. jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They can go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their Just get this. This is a new number. 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Right now, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
0: He got there, ladies and gentlemen. LinkedIn locked on. He got got there. It's not the easiest ad read that's ever been given to him. But he got there. LinkedIn, the king or should we say queen of of hiring? They do all of it. Look, they my do it all. my mother has hired plenty of queens when from you, LinkedIn. When you are working with closely with someone, shared values. I liked what you said. Shared values are important, and that's why LinkedIn is the people we trust. Now let's talk about the values of the Georgia football program.
1: Okay. Uh, winning, Daniel, is a value.
0: Winning. That's um, it. And we've we've done that we We've, We've, we continue to do that we continue and we will continue to do that tennessee fans are out here just weeping that they might have to they might have to play georgia every year and alabama every year because they don't want the smoke Clint. Because they don't they don't want when you want it.
1: say you're a big boy and uh-huh. then you step up to the table and you say great uh-huh. big boy show me what's going on and jump yeah. into the arena and then they say well hold on it's too tough for us to be playing all of you big boys all the time. That's what
0: you wanted. It's too hard. Uh It's too Tennessee basketball also on a two game losing streak. So So, we're talking most likely if, if there's only going to be three teams in the sec, that George is going to play every single year. Who are they going to be Clint? And we'll start with the most obvious. It's got to be Florida and it, and I'll just go ahead and lump it in. It's gotta be Auburn. It's gotta be Florida and it's it gotta must be Auburn. Be and those these are two. these are non-negotiables to me. It's the Deep South's oldest rivalry. It is the it is to me, it is the best, most fun, cross division rivalry in the mm-hmm. entire SEC. It's better than Alabama, Tennessee, the absolute beatdown that has been for the last two plus decades. With Tennessee finally getting a win because of a missed field goal by Alabama last year. And penalties that I've never seen racked up until the Super Bowl this last weekend. Well, it was a Nick Saban coach team, and so penalties are going to come with it because... He's undisciplined and old? Yes. Yes. So it's the best cross-division rivalry. It's the Deep South's oldest rivalry. It is... It's not the best rivalry in the SEC because you've got the Iron Bowl, you got Georgia-Florida, you got these games, but it it is a game that you absolutely cannot lose. This is the
1: easiest one. Again, Greg Sankey is going to be pitting competition for competition. He's going to be getting viewership, and if you want viewership, Georgia-Auburn is viewership. Now, just ima- this is, again, how it plays out scheduling-wise. Imagine if you have the Iron Bowl one week, and three weeks later you have Georgia-Auburn. And in between that you get Old Miss-Mississippi State. Yeah, like
0: it's holy it's geez. everything that you want um it's not everything auburn wants i no. promise you that but <laughs> again I life. these are the games that you have to keep and then obviously georgia florida there's not there's never going to be there can't be a season where no. georgia doesn't play florida nope. and so i think those two are obvious if you do a 27 format though that means we done that's it that's it and now Every year, you have a rotation of all those other games, and you're not playing each opponent each year. And more importantly, you're not getting any other team at Sanford Stadium for a a span of up to four years. You could have a span of up to four years between games for Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Alabama... Texas, Oklahoma, Old Miss, all these LSU, all these teams span of up to four years before we get them in Sanford State. Now, obviously, the current format, it's a lot longer than that. Right? Yes. I mean, we don't play these SEC West teams hardly ever. Um, and so it 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 actually will create a little bit more. Uh, regularity with a lot of teams and i think that's that's what's exciting to me about the schedule is that we're going to get to see teams like lsu more often we're going to get to see teams like texas more often who are definitely not going to be georgia's permanent opponents but we're going to get to see them every other year and we'll get to see them at home every four years who do you think though clint is the most likely contender for that third spot. And to me, there are two teams and I'm fascinated to hear which one you think it'll be.
1: This is really interesting because I think what plays into this again, again, Greg Sankey is the most powerful man in college football. The second most powerful man is Kirby Smart. And I think with this realignment that's going to come, Greg Sankey is going to get input from from coaches and ADs. This is not going to be him alone with this. I think and so. If that's, if that's the case... You named the two, and while Florida is down, Billy ain't going to be there forever.
0: Okay? No, Billy will get fired, and Florida might hire a coach worse who, than him. Who, who goes, knows? They might hire a two-time Sun Belt champion to Look, be their next coach. You can't take that from them. They might hire a one-time MAC champion but, to be their next coach. But then what happens when,
1: when Shu is going to be rumored to take the job, though, Daniel? what?
0: Well, what? he would turn it down.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Okay. Okay. Well, that's simple. Yeah. Um, it, so he's Florida's gonna not going
0: to be down forever. That's your point. No,
1: that's, this is my point. Florida's not going to be down forever. We'll be down in the short term. They're going to get recruits back. They always do. They're going to find their spurt. Uh, Auburn is, again, this is a blue blood. Okay, guys, th- this is a team that has done things in the past and will do things in the future. I, I have no doubt about that. Those are two better traditional powerhouses in the Mm -hmm. sec, Mm -hmm. meaning that I think if Greg has, he's, he's going to get a, a fascinating game, but also not going to pit Georgia with somebody that's always going to be a headache for them. Mm. Okay. Mm. Now, Daniel, I, I think one of the two for me, there are two options for me. I think one of the two is South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of them. And the I reason being, I think there's location, there's ties, the recruiting ties, as well as some games that have some historical significance and some uh, relational ties to it. And again, South Carolina has had spurts of it, but they are not certainly not a blue blood. Um, and so I think South Carolina to me comes as one of the first two on my radar.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the two are South Carolina and Tennessee, Okay, if I'm, if I'm honest, I don't see a path where you could convince me that Georgia is a rival to any other team in the SEC. There is
1: certainly no. There are no rivalries left after we've listed those. I think my second one would be something like, Greg, mixing it up and trying to create intrigue. At a certain point trying to create a wider fan base since he's got the two auburn florida that those are the linchpins mm-hmm. now all of a sudden let's dabble let's let's bring in some regional fare. and i think i'm gonna give three schools that are kind of tied for two and they're, they have again no natural rivalries okay. at all no connection to georgia okay at all but i think oklahoma and texas coming in have a possibility of being in the third and then the last one is Texas A and M. You tell me right now with that fan base and that money, getting a game against Georgia wouldn't tantalize. Greg? See,
0: it's interesting because I don't think Texas A and M has any slots left. I think Texas A okay. and M is the easiest schedule there is. Okay. Texas. Yep. Arkansas and LSU. And LSU, yeah. So I think Texas A and M is locked up. Okay, and that makes sense. Texas has already got Texas A and M and Oklahoma Oklahoma. locked up, and those three, you know, those three are set. And so you got to find a third. You know, I think they would stick more regional. I think geography matters, and so I think South Carolina is the most obvious choice. And then I think you have to look at it from this perspective. We are the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. Obviously, thank you for listening. By the way, subscribing, leave us a five star rating and review.
1: also, thank you for the
0: 199 so the 199 thanks thank for being you. here. Bonfire.com slash store slash the 199 um, uh, We, I think you have to look at it, though, from South Carolina's perspective. Okay, here we go. Because we're not trying to create Georgia's schedule, if we're Greg Sankey. We're trying to create the SEC, SEC schedule. Yes. Now, we said Georgia has got two non-negotiables. They are Florida and Auburn. Has to happen. I think one of South Carolina's non-negotiables is Georgia. Is Georgia, yeah. I think it's a, you know, I don't want to say it's a Georgia Tech situation. But I think there's also. there's some rivalry from South Carolina that Georgia doesn't necessarily feel as much as South Carolina fans feel. South Carolina hates Georgia. There's the Spurrier connection, um, which only intensified the rivalry. Uh, And then, yeah, South Carolina fans really want to beat Georgia. They relish the opportunity to beat Georgia. And so I think if you're asking South Carolina fans, I mean, who else does South Carolina have in this conference that's like, I mean, you put them up against Florida. South Carolina's had some good games over the years against Florida. You can put them up against... You know, a Kentucky. I was just going to somebody say like that, but who else does South Carolina have? I think Georgia might be South Carolina's number one team. Must like,
1: and that makes a lot of sense. Again, you have to, you can't just go from a single team. You, and that's why this third game,
0: that's why it helps out because South Carolina can't get Georgia if Georgia's already locked up with Auburn sure. and Florida, and so you have three permanent rivalries. I think Florida, Auburn, South Carolina is great. And so now let's look at, as we move into the third segment, um, let's look at the downsides to this. Are there things that we would lose? What are the biggest casualties of a system like this? Uh, and we'll come back and tell you all about that. But first, Dan's going to let you know about Built Bar. Built Bar is the tastiest protein bar on planet Ooh. Earth. I think you Ooh. may have heard me say that before if you're a longtime listener of the show. Bill bar it comes in a wide variety of flavors. They're available at uh, built.com. They've got um, uh, energy. Uh, b- supplements they've got protein supplements they've got all sorts of things but the product they're best known for is the best tasting protein bar the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar uh, a wide variety of delicious flavors all made with 100 real chocolate they've got fruit flavors they've got uh nut flavors caramel flavors some are crunchy some are chewy it doesn't matter whatever you like built bar has got it and right now you go to built Dot com into the promo code locked on 15. You get 15% off your order. That's built.com into the promo code locked on 15, or you can get them at Sam's Club. I think you can get them at Walgreens now. Look for them wherever you get high quality food products. Built bar, the best tasting protein bar on planet Earth. All right, so what are the downsides of this potential three six rotation? We teased it before.
1: Loyal third segment listeners, this is where we turn very, very old hens, as mm. some on Twitter have called us, which I'm mad are, about it. I, whatever you, you know me, you've seen me say something
0: insulting if you want me to be insulted.
1: Because so far, you're not saying much. Um, no. no, and they didn't mean to be insulting, they meant it in all due uh kindness. So, the potential of the three six, and I think I'll start here. The, one of the potential downfalls of this rotational aspect is that you are locking yourself in to teams to having no trend to be able to influence an SEC. When you have hmm. these three teams and you're locked in like that, if a team owns some other team and they're on a heater, it, you're going to be locked into that for some time. You're just, you're screwed. And I know with divisions, we had that, but with divisions, there's enough of an influx of teams. There's enough transition within teams that the average, the mean, kind of settles down. Sure. But if you're telling me Georgia goes up against Auburn and South Carolina and Florida for the next three years, okay. Nine so and oh. Nine and oh is the is that record for the next three years. Oh that that doesn't seem so now, competitive.
0: Name three other teams in the SEC and I'll give you the record. Because we just gonna keep recycling. I think with the 3-6, six, the six-team rotation does
1: not give the SEC – one of the potential downfalls is enough breadth. Like you had said, you you very, very, very articulate said, you get one team in Athens every four years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a loss when we talked before it's about the two-and-two switch-off, the, two two switch the, the cross-division setup each and every year. Um, it's a loss. It's a um, loss, and
0: that team is Tennessee. That it's a loss. It's The Georgia-Tennessee game is the loss for Georgia. It's And it's a loss for college football. It's a loss for Tennessee. It's a and, loss for Georgia. And right
1: when Tennessee is starting to come up. It's a we've loss said for before.
0: casual fans. Yeah. Tennessee is not going anywhere. We make fun of Josh Whipple a lot. Duke um, can coach. But Tennessee is not going to go anywhere. No. They're never going to play defense but they're never going to go anywhere either. They got
1: the money. They got the tradition. They got the alum and they got the coach that they want. They are here.
0: Yeah. And it's a loss that we only get to see them in Athens once every four years. It's a loss that we only get to go play in Neyland stadium once every four years. It is a loss that Georgia and Tennessee will not play every year. Beginning in 2024, I predict, I suspect. That we will be entering a time in which Georgia and Tennessee either in 2024 or 2025, won't play a football game against each other unless it's in the college football playoff. Now, that being said, I think the second biggest loss would have been the unbalanced schedules and the, I don't know, quote-unquote unfairness of who gets to play in the SEC championship game. Sure. The lack of fairness of what teams had to play what schedule and they went seven and two against a brutal sec schedule That's right and another team went eight and one against a gravy sec schedule and now one team's left out of the sec title game one team gets into the sec title game i think that would have been the biggest downside to the system What's coming with 2024? But in 2024, when this happens, we also get college football playoff expansion. And guys, you just got to think differently about college football. You do not have to make the SEC championship game in order to make the college football playoff. You don't have to do it. You don't even have to be Alabama and miss the SEC championship game to still make the college football playoff. Anybody could miss the SEC championship game and still make the There will be playoff.
1: 4 teams that don't make the SEC championship game and still make college football playoff, Daniel.
0: Yeah, it's it's a different time, it's a different era. We could talk on another podcast about how we feel about college football playoff expansion, sure. but I mean, to be honest, it doesn't matter how it's we feel about college football and it will playoff continue. expansion. It is, it's happening right now. The NCAA tournament is the single greatest sporting event in the history of the world. And college fo- the college football playoff is fast approaching the greatest postseason in all of sports. When it expands, it will be a, a month-long of and, insanity yeah and if you don't think home games are an incentive to win regular season games then you're an idiot and you've never watched college football and if you don't think a buy mm. is an incentive uh-huh. to win regular season to games, to win the
1: sec championship
0: then you're an idiot and you've never watched sports before so regular season will still matter but there will be teams hold on to your diapers that lose in the regular season and still make it into the playoff. How dare you? And that's okay. Here's, here's what's fascinating about this. Uh, This is again,
1: to your point, it could have been a downside. It's not going to be a downside, but I think one of the most fascinating things about this three, six rotational aspect is come the end of the season with these sec schools. There was rumor going out about a four team sec playoff because of getting more notoriety having them down there. Yeah. Which, that would be a fascinating twist on all of this as well. And one that I don't necessarily hate, to be completely honest with you.
0: I don't hate it as a football fan. Right. I don't care for it as a Georgia fan.
1: That's true. <laughs> um, that is absolutely true. Yeah. Now, just really quick, this, this is really fascinating to me as well. Uh, LSU, I, since we talked about them last time as being our, our natural five-year biggest yep. threat, mm-hmm. who are their three? You said A&M is one must. Alabama. Annabelle. Yep. Second must.
0: Hundred percent. And then I don't know. Do you go Arkansas? I, I don't or, think you go Arkansas. For A M? Where do you go for number three? For A&M? Do you go Missouri? For for LSU? Or for LSU? Yeah. Where do you go for LSU for number three? Do you go old miss? I was just gonna say, I think you go old miss. So LSU and Arkansas not gonna play every year. That's just a weird that's weird. That's weird. It's weird. <laughs> That's a loss for college football. I'll just say that. This is what we're saying. So as this loss. continue
1: comes out, as this three six potential, we'll be here talking about it the whole time. We got off season to talk about it. Twenty twenty four is right around the corner. These Georgia Bulldogs are going perfect heading into that. Get ready for back it. to back to back. Woo! Come on, y'all. This has been locked on forty
0: four and one, just in a three year span. From my lips to God's ears, Georgia beat Kentucky in basketball. So. I don't, don't know, don't I don't make the rules. I don't make the he rules. He doesn't
1: know fear. He doesn't know pain right now. Rules.
0: Tell me something. Tell <laughs> this me has been
1: something. Locked On Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll see you all tomorrow.
0: See you.